I was like so disappointed in him in this moment. Sherry, you're a piece of shit. I hope you know that. This is Growing Up Millennial, a podcast all about that media we loved in the 90s and early aughts. I'm Helene, a quintessential millennial who loves media so much that I made a career out of it. And I'm Adri, a geriatric millennial who grew up in a tropical island. Amazing. Well, this season on this fine podcast, we're seeing double because it's about the legends, the icons who started their career off as Baby Michelle and Full House. The Olsen Twins. Also known as Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Also, also known as the designers behind the iconic fashion brand, Thoreau. And more recently known as Elizabeth Olsen's older sisters. Well, this episode is all about switching goals. Released on December 12th, 1999. We are about inching into that 24-year mark, guys. Um... And directed by David Steinberg. Yes. How are you yes, doing? Hel- Welcome back to the show. <laughs> oh man, uh, I have thoughts about this one. As you, as you are well aware, um, AJ. Guys, we almost <laughs> broke up the podcast over this movie. Like <laughs> Helene was dead set against putting this movie in our list, and I said. Not a fucking chance. You are not taking this away from me. And she was like, I hate it so much. And I said, I love it so much. I don't care. Yeah. So, I made an exception because I love Adri, blah, blah, blah. But blah, 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 blah. If, if, it were, if it were up to me and I was the dictator in charge of this podcast and had no one to answer to, we would have definitely skipped this movie. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, I don't have much fond memories for later movies that we will be discussing that, that you True. also love. Yes. So it, it was more like a draw yeah. of like, I'll give you yeah. this. I'll give you yeah. these two if you give me this one. No, yeah, I do. I definitely am like, okay, if she's going to let us talk about the challenge later, I can I can do this one. Plus like really, the, if, if the worst problem that I have is having to watch a Mary-Kate and Ashley movie that I don't love as much as all the other Mary-Kate and Ashley movies, like that's not, that's like, not the worst punishment. <laughs> that is ever. like picking like that is like rereading your least favorite Emily Henry book. You know, right, like right. girlies who know, you know. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean it's it, it's not bad still. It's it's like not great, but it's it's you know, it's a American Ashley movie. <laughs> it was almost the episode and podcast that never was, to be honest with you guys. <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious. Well, Helene, why don't you tell us what happens in this uh, beautiful film that we just saw? All right. So in Switching Goals, for identical twins, Emma and Sam couldn't be more different. Emma loves dresses, accessories, nail polish, and all things girly. Sam is your typical tomboy with an aptitude for every sport under the sun. Their father, Jerry, is a hyper-competitive owner of what seems to be a knockoff dick sporting goods store, uh, (laughs) who also happens to coach in the boys' youth soccer league. 
Uh, When the league suddenly decides to go co-ed and both girls want to join, Jerry has to learn the hard lesson that sometimes winning isn't everything. And that letting your daughters trade places so that you can win a trophy is totally not okay. (laughs) Wow. I mean, these 30-year-old men are learning some hard truths in this movie. And that's what I want everyone to know. (laughs) Yes. I'm sorry. I have so many thoughts. I will get to them later. (laughs) All right. So let's get to the 411 and talk about some fun facts about this production um most notable fun fact michael sarah has a yes. small role in the movie as I this bratty kid named taylor and i stand i stand taylor it's fine i definitely did a double take because like obviously the 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 second i saw him i was like oh my god that's michael sarah but of course he's like he's like what like 11 like he is so young um, I mean, so, he must be like seven, honestly. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's 1999. I have no way, I have no idea how old Michael Sarah is, but he's very, he's very young in this. Um, and I definitely had to do some IMDb digging because it didn't show up immediately. Like, I don't think he's on the cast the credits? page. Yeah, for no, this. I don't think so. Um, so I was like, I have to make sure this is actually Michael Sarah, and it is, but I definitely squeed. A little bit. Uh, Michael Sarah of Barbie the movie fame. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. I love Alan. Um, Beautiful. Yes. But um, right. apart from Michael Sarah, in general, Switching Goals, like you said, was released on December 12th, 1999, which, by the way, is my sister's 19th birthday. Um, she was born on December 12th, 1980. So just. Just happy birthday, Shira. Uh, and Wait till, it, like, are, are you doxing your own sister on this podcast? I mean, it's her birthday. Uh, it's not bad. It's her birthday. I mean, <laughs> I, I, uh, listeners, I'm a huge Buffy fan. And um, there's a Buffy podcast that I would listen to where one of the hosts would literally every single episode release date, she would relate back to when it was, how close it was to her birthday. <laughs> so it just seems natural. I mean, fair, um, fair. I would also do this. I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, uh, Switching Goals was written by David Kukoff and Matt Roshkow, uh, which I think you have some stuff on them a little bit later on that you want yes, to I talk do. about. Yes, I do. I do. I can um, talk about it right now if you want. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So uh, this is a writing duo that seemed to show promise in 1999, but none of those movies uh, that they wrote uh, got much praise. Uh, and or press so um but i want everyone to know that uh david one half of the duo lists himself on linkedin as a quote script doctor specializing in independent genre and prestige films in the five to 25 million dollar budget range just so you know it does not you know does not surprise me one bit that you went and found him on linkedin (laughs) i mean (laughs) i am a professional First and foremost, Aline. <laughs> and I take what we do in this podcast very seriously, okay? Yes, so we yes. got to gotta break some ground, uh, make some news, and uh, find the, those exclusives I, wherever we can. Yeah, you, you dig deep. I got to say, though, it, I'm, it doesn't surprise me that their movies didn't get much praise. <laughs> 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 sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to roast this movie so much. Um Sorry, uh, what are their names? Dave and Matt? Sorry, guys. Um, but as well as being written by the 
beautiful duo of of Kukov and Roshkow. Um, it was also de- uh, directed by David Steinberg, which that sounds familiar. Did was he the director of Casper he was, to Paris as well? No. He no, was okay. uh he's mostly been a director of TV episodes. He directed okay. eight Curb Your Enthusiasm episodes, one oh. episode of Weeds, uh in season I four, episode Weeds. three. Oh, um, it's the one there, right? Yes. Yes. Ah! So I wanted to show I wanted to uh, talk about that real quick. He did not direct Mary Kate because Mary Kate uh joined season three, episode six, and was a series regular up until season three, episode fifteen. Oh, so he okay, so he did it before she got on the show. No, he did it after. He did it on season four, episode three. Oh, okay. I thought okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah, I do I like ve- like very vividly remember her on Weeds, her little Oh yeah, it was like weeds. a it was a big publicity due to have gotten Mary Kate because yeah. she wasn't doing a lot of acting back then. Yeah, it's also like really controversial because like Mary Kate and Ashley are such like staple kids movie people. Yeah, exactly. Um, like family yeah, oriented stuff. Right. Yeah, and she was like a teenager still. She wasn't that old. So um, um maybe, I, maybe the, she was early twenties. She might have been early twenties. Early twenties for sure. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I do remember seeing her on there and like it's just it's always a pleasure seeing them anywhere. I love the Olsen twins, which is why we're doing this podcast. Of course. Uh- <laughs> Um, another fun fact, uh, it was filmed in Toronto, Canada. So like we okay, have gone okay. international once again. I feel like um, a lot of movies are filmed in Canada. Yes. Um, and then it was produced by Warner Brothers and Dual Star Productions. So. Okay. There's... Well, um, did you know that Switching Goals is the first of two projects in which Eric Lutz plays their on-screen father? Uh, he plays Jerry, obviously, in this one, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he also plays their father in the TV series So Little Time from 2001. Ah, there you go. So that's a fun fact. So uh, the Spanish title for this movie was Campeonas por Igual, uh, which loosely translates to equally champions or equal champions, which is just not as good as switching goals. That kind of gives away the the ending. The what? The ending. The equally movie. champions. Yeah. Yeah, because they it ends on a, okay. I don't want to. I mean, spoiler alert for the end of this Sorry. podcast episode, <laughs> but it ends with a tie because they don't neither of them score. Um, uh, yeah. Well, um, and what? Speak- one more. One more. So sorry. Oh. I got one more in me. Uh, okay. There was a novelization of this movie, so please watch out for paperbacks at your lo- local thrift store and let us know if you find any. Oh my gosh, that would be so cool if someone found it and sent us a picture of it. Please I do. Know. Please what's do. Our, what's, mean, it's gummypod at gmail.com. Is that our email? Yes, it is gummypod at gmail.com and at gummypod on Instagram. Yes, please send it to us. Um, my final little bit of info in our 411 section is that um, Mary Kate's love interest in this film, Greg, who we will talk about, definitely. Um, he is played by Trevor Blumis, who went on to play Teddy Harwood alongside Michelle Trachtenberg in the absolute 2005 classic Ice Princess. Which, by the way, the original script for Ice Princess was written by one of my favorite writers, Meg Cabot, who is the writer of the um, um princess diaries princess diaries right. series yeah oh is there wait 
she wrote the she wrote the screenplay for the movie. Yes, she wrote Is the screenplay. Did she write a book no. about it? No, no. she did no. not. Um, actually, just <laughs> funny. I, I I know this because I I've, I am obsessed with Met Cab, but I always have been, always will be, like right. just diehard. Yeah. They changed her script so so much that she says that the only thing they left in was the Zamboni. <laughs> no way. Oh my I mean, God, I'm sure. Kidding. I'm sure it's like a joke, you know, like they change it yeah. so much, you know, yeah. but it's you know, whatever that that the Zamboni thing is the only thing yeah. that they kept in. But I can kind of tell like just Meg Cabot has like a really specific way of writing her characters and her heroines and heroes. Um, and I'm just like, I just want the original script, guys. I just want to yeah. see that. Can I, that can I get amazing. my hands I if, on that? I wonder if you can find it anywhere online or something. That'd be really uh, interesting. Probably not. Um, but because it's only like the, they only kind of publish like the final versions of them, I guess. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I guess. Uh, that's super interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that they like brought a, maybe, maybe they brought in David, you know, now that he's a script doctor to, uh, yeah. Doctor of that script. That whole story is really giving off like Rick Riordan, um, uh, Percy Jackson and the lightning thief with Logan Lerman movie vibes uh-huh tell me more about that oh it's just that that movie like the studios changed so much from the books that rick riordan rick riordan like disowned that series of movies because it's just so not like um well but this was source material at all yeah but this was like a little i think it's it's it hits it's hits harder because it was her first like screenplay that she wrote and she'd right. been writing novels all this time. Right. So I, I understand it's a different format and maybe they brought in someone to kind of maybe chop it up a little bit and make it more yeah. tra- well, like translate into film or to like into the screen. But still, um, I don't think she's yeah. written a script ever since. <laughs> well, we've learned, we've learned the hard way that sometimes really good novel authors are not great screenplay writers not saying that that's the case not saying that's the case for meg cabot she's probably a great screenplay writer but um uh i'm just gonna say fantastic be somewhere to find them uh okay so leave it there let's just move on because i'm done with that for my (laughs) life thank you (laughs) yeah so um awesome are you ready to talk about the movie (laughs) yeah let's dish okay Open, open it up. I'm opening the floor up for commentary. Do you want to go first? Like just general thoughts before we get to date. Like- uh, I, I mean, I, we all know you hate it. So let's get get into your thoughts. Okay. Come on. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, so this movie, the, the just the writing. It's not like the okay. So the writing was bad in the sense of the plots just made no fucking sense. And there are so many plot holes and there are things that like, I, I just, I, I just can't, I, there's, I can't, I don't, we'll get into it. There's too many okay, small okay. things. Let's, let's get into it. Come on, come on. Um, My first no. what is up with these fonts? Like guys, <laughs> you always notice the fonts. <laughs> I can't not notice the fonts, like because of my job being yeah. what it is. That's fair. That's fair. Like, um, I, <sighs> The first thing I noticed was that once again, just like in Passport to Paris, they are using bandanas to tell <laughs> tell them apart. <laughs> and like, is that, I, I don't know if I've just forgot this or not, but like, is this a thing that happens in every Mary Kate Ashley movie? <laughs> like, and it's actually helpful because like Mary Mary Kate is like the 
like the always like the more tomboyish character in terms yes. of like agree um, hard and, agree like, yeah like both of them were girly in Passport to Paris but like definitely Mary Kate's character had like more of a more like tomboy style well switching goals really reminds me of their tv series because it was very much yes because it was very much like mary kate plays a tomboy and ashley plays the girly girl and like they both want what the other one has kind of uh, vibe tension yeah, and I'm, I mean, I guess I just wonder if that's how they were in real life. I'm guessing they just play what they're more comfortable with, right? Like Mary Kate I guess. felt a bit more of a tomboy and Ashley was more of a girly girl. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my assumption. But uh, I right, mean, so it's, we, helpful. it's helpful for viewers to tell them. So we <laughs> open the movie, right, on yes. this like uh, field day type of competition. Yes. And we see the twins. And of course, we've got like Mary Kate, uh, like you said, like a tomboy. Um, Ashley, yes. Um, and Ashley's like, you know, the girly girl who's like, uh, you know, I'm just here. Oh my God. Ashley's outfit in this scene. Like we can, we can get into the details in a fashion victim segment, but, uh, no, it was like my favorite outfit of, I loved her outfit in this scene so much. And then we get to a fortune teller looking lady giving out fortunes and popcorn. And who yeah. is that, but not their mother in this film? <laughs> Are you going to kill me if I make another Gilmore Girls reference? <laughs> you get one per episode, okay? So one per episode. make it quick. Yeah, it, it reminds me of the episode where, where Lorelai takes Paul Anka, her dog, and does like a doggy swami thing at the town fair. I was just like, oh my God, Lorelai Gilmore, this would be something she would totally do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So love love the moms i stand this mom but like yeah kids are the worst you know what i mean like kids are absolutely the worst and i stand an idol when she goes popcorn take it and go (laughs) like just like whatever yeah i was like if it were me and i was doing this job i'd be like i see you eating popcorn in the near future and then you would always be right (laughs) unless they weren't there for the popcorn i guess yeah, but it seemed like they all kind of were. I mean, who doesn't like popcorn? Except Guys, for that one girl who was like, tell me who I'm going to be in the future. Like, what am I going to grow up to be? And she's like, dancer? <laughs> Ew, who wants to be a dancer? I want to be an astronaut. <laughs> so, like, okay, girl, just take your fucking popcorn and go. Like, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> can't win. Can't win. Yeah. Honestly, be like, whatever your heart desires. I don't know. Right. Got a kid? Like, move on. So yes, anyway. we see their we see their mom doing the. I don't really understand why she was anyway. Like, it, they don't explain why she was like dressed as a psychic or whatever. But um, there, this is where we see the first glimpse of their father's like ho- like hyper competitive spirit, wanting to win this like field day competition, and just like without an eye, batting an eye, like asking. Sam, who is the tomboy, sporty one, um, to compete with him in the uh, the the wheelbarrow race. Is it the what is it called? Is it called the wheelbarrow race? I believe I believe so. As someone who is not into sports at all, I don't know. We are the yeah. wrong people to host this podcast today. <laughs> 
yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, sports movies are not my thing, but yeah, the wheelbarrow thing where the, so the dad is like holding her legs and she's like, it's basically just a contest of who, like what kid can like crawl the fastest without her legs. Like she's just, it's just like crawling on the ground with her arms fast. Um, yeah. But like, they do like such a long shot on Mary Kate as she's crawling, like the whole time they're just, they have it just like zoomed in on her the whole time. It was an interesting choice. I will say that. Um, yeah. Then what else do you have for that? Or are they going to like, I say uh, there's a comment about Emma striking out on T-ball later on when they're in, the, in their room, like talking about yeah. their strengths so, and weaknesses. Well, before we get to that, the we cut to the, they're at the home and uh, the mom and dad are like putting away dishes after dinner or whatever. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. And like the mom is, like telling him you're too competitive or whatever um oh and he tries to like throw the dish into the dishwasher for yeah i was gonna say they are literally putting like extremely clean dishes into the dishwasher like i understand pre-washing before you go load the dishwasher but these were like these dishes look like they they had just come out of the dishwasher well let's be Let's be clear. Also, this was 1999 dishwashers back then. Not so great. So yes, and and also they were loading like 20 dishes, and I was like, "You're a family of four. <laughs> Why do you have five courses? Obviously, <laughs> like there's so many dishes." But yeah, and yeah, he's he's acting. The the father is acting like a five year old kid. Like he is, um, you know race me to the couch and like you know just those stupid little things where he's acting so so young um yeah i didn't like the dad in this movie at all wow surprising the mom was you, fine the mom was you good. don't like an alpha hole surprising <laughs> yeah um, yeah i mean it's, it shouldn't come as a shock but so yeah uh so they're in their room and then um yeah the t-ball thing what yeah so no no just like there was a whole like situation or conversation about how Emma is so unsporty that she even like stroke out at T-ball on T-ball or whatever, like the only kid in the history of Evansville, which is, I guess we're supposed to believe it. Is that a real place? I did not check. Yeah, I think, I think, well, I didn't look it up, but I'm pretty sure that Evansville, Indiana is a, is a place. Okay, we're going by 1999 rules, so I'm not going to Google that. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then the next uh, shot is the dad dropping them off at middle school, right? And <laughs> w- one of them, I forgot who, says, drop us off a few blocks away next time. And the other one goes, I guess when you get older, you Emma. have a higher tolerance for humiliation. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was Emma, um, who said that to her dad. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I felt that in my bones. Like, yes, when you do get older, you have a higher tolerance for humiliation. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> there are things that I have done in public that would humiliate my 13-year-old self so bad. Yeah. Yeah, that is like yeah. like going to Walmart at 2 a.m. fully it's, it's in really, PJs, you know? I would say that that's it's just more like you're more comfortable with yourself and like more confident. I, I wouldn't say it's a higher tolerance for humiliation. It's just, you don't, you care less about what people think. Which is a higher tolerance for humiliation. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there uh, we see Sam get a first glimpse of Greg. 
Yes. Yes, and she is just a nervous little mess and doesn't know what and to Greg do with herself. Is looking elsewhere. Dun dun dun. He is looking yeah. at em- at Emma. Yeah. Who is yeah. like, you know, surrounded by her like posse, like just just showcasing how popular Emma is socially versus Sam is like great at sports. Yeah, I mean I mean, Greg is probably looking and thinking, like, who the F is this girl? (laughs) I thought it was a look filled with longing, but that's just me. I mean, he ends up with Sam. Spoiler alert. So What? (laughs) You're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. All right. What what happens next? What happens next? Because the next next one I have is... um, well, the, there's the Jerry Sport Sport right. like Sporting Goods store. Uh, scene. Yeah, so they're in they're in the Sporting Goods store, and like Jerry, is, their dad is polishing his trophies of all of the uh, youth boys soccer league championships that he's won in the past. Which um, I have a I have a pressing question for this: Why is this man coaching boys soccer teams when he has no sons? Like. I don't understand a grown man. Boys are better at everything. Duh. I I just don't understand a grown man's investment in coaching a league that does not have any of his children in it. That's just he's, my personal thing. He's he's competitive and uh, sexist. I don't know. Well, that's what that's this was my note because so the his like assistant manager or whatever tells him, like breaks the news that the that unfortunately the league <laughs> is going co-ed. Gross. Um, and <laughs> I, I mean, gross. The sexism, not gross. That they went. Yes. I just wanted so to make sure. I yeah. I wrote down this quote. Uh, it, it says, "Girls bring a whole other component into soccer." And I thought that this was going to be good. Like I was like, "Oh, they're going to say something good, right?" Uh, you know, like they bring like sophistication or whatever. You know, like I thought it was going to be like a compliment to girls. Um, but no, they say they the girls bring tears, fashion, and their moms. That is that is the components that that the girls bring. I don't to see soccer. I don't see a problem with two out of three of those. To be fair, um, but what like, two? I don't see a problem with them bringing the fashion and the moms, even though like whatever it's sexist. But like, yeah, tears. Like, have you not been around boys? Like, they also cry anyway. That's not yeah. neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, I mean, just any time that these two men are in a scene together, I was like, can you just shut the fuck up? Which like, is why we stand our king, uh, Taylor, who was, you know, brought to life by our also king, Michael Sierra, because... This doesn't happen until much later in the film. Why are we bringing him up right now? <laughs> because he puts the assistant manager in his place. I don't like That's that true. guy. That's true. He's just, he, he's just an annoying little kid. But yes, I, I see what you mean. Uh, All right. <laughs> so they so they're they're at home and um, the dad is telling the family, uh, Sam, Emma and the mom, that the, the league has gone co-ed. And the kid, the girls decide that they both they were like, oh, yeah, that sounds fun. Let's both do it. Um, and. There's a moment here where J- Jerry is like, you know. Yeah, Sam is like really great at soccer, and then he like, and he goes, "Oh, and yeah, and Emma, you, uh, you're, uh," and he cannot, he cannot think of one nice thing to say about his 
about Emma, about Emma at all. And it didn't even have to be about soccer. It could have been about literally like, oh, you're smart. Oh, you're like, he didn't have one nice thing to say about Emma. I was like, so disappointed in him in this moment. Jerry, you're a piece of shit. I hope you know that. I know. Ugh. Man. All right. Well, so the league has gone co-ed, though, right? Yes. But the coaches sure haven't gone co-ed because the next scene we see is all the fucking coaches at the draft. And guess what? Not one woman coach in that draft. Nope. Yeah, not 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 one woman coach. Um, no, that's for sure. And then this whole scene is a dumpster fire. But I I do want to say at one point someone says in this one of the coaches in this um scene says, you know what they say about girls? They're the great equalizers. And I just gotta say, what does that mean? I have no idea. We would have to ask uh, David Matt about that because I wouldn't know. Yeah. Okay. Is it like, it's like, oh, well, all of our, there's not going to be one team that's better than the other because all of our teams will suck because they're going to get like pulled down by the girls. Like, that's kind of like the way I took it. Cause I was like, what do you mean? Like, how else would you take that? Yeah, that's, I agree. I agree. Um, but I would, I have a question and like, this is a for real question. Do right. you think that um, the coaches for the Bulls are an actual couple because they sure bicker like one? They do like that. Well, it's like one of those like gags where they literally at, like argue about every single thing. Like, I I felt some sexual tension there, guys. I'm just I leaving can, it out I there. I can see it. Hey, I can see it. That makes sense to me. I ship them. It's, maybe it's more progressive than we thought. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, um, I wanted to call out the fact that um, there's one British coach and his team is called the Redcoats. <laughs> I have that in my notes as well. Thank you. Thank you for seeing me. So, yeah, the teams are there's the Hurricanes, which is what Jerry's team is called. Correct. Their dad. And then the there's Bulls. the 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 Bulls, uh, which is the mm. the couple the guys that we think the, are yes love. yes the the very in love couple that are coaching yes. this team um, and then <laughs> there's the red coats which is um the british guy and then there's the buzzards which is like the loser team that emma gets um put on, uh, or that but, sam that sam gets put on okay let's be clear willard is an icon wrapped in a hawaiian shirt you cannot convince me otherwise this man is an icon even after that scene with their mom we will get there he, he is an icon okay. he okay. is an icon and i will not hear willard slander in this show okay all right yeah um okay so that so what what was the fourth one again i can't remember what the fourth team was oh so we got their hurricanes or the fifth, sorry the fifth team the fifth team. Oh, um i don't remember i think they didn't really uh did they ever say it i think there are more than i think there are more than six because in the playoffs brackets there were like, I, I think there were six actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But we only know of the Hurricanes, the Buzzards, the Bulls, and the Red Coats. And the Red Coats. I think they started out with six when they did the movie. And then they're like, shit, um, we don't have the budget for extra uniforms. Right. So we're going to oh. Um, oh, well. <laughs> figure this out later. Right. So they're at the draft and they do like a like this whole tryouts thing before they actually pick their players and they're showing all the kids doing all the drills and we I will see say, Emma 
What? I will say, let me stop you right there. I will say, Emma made more laps than I ever could. So kudos to oh, her. Oh, yeah, she was she was great. I mean, yeah, she, she got tired as someone who has not been doing cardio every day for her 13-year-old life would get tired. But, you know, like, she, I thought she was great. Yeah, um, she's great. But on top of being great, she's also very fashionable because she's wearing her black sun, her like black rimmed, like thin oval sunglasses. Um, uh, bl- which, like blue lenses, by the yeah, way. That have been like basically glued to her face this whole movie. She's been wearing them the entire movie. She does not like to take them off. Um, and then she is wearing knee pads, wrist pads. Um, elbow pads. Her, elbow pads, yeah. And she's you, like, the only she's like, thing she's missing is the helmet that the kid yeah, the, has in the movie. Yeah, the helmet kid, whatever. Uh, yeah, and she goes, "Are you sure these wrist pads match or match these knee pads?" <laughs> and Sam's just like, "Ugh, don't you don't have to wear all that shit. Take it off." <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, we see Emma kind of struggling and Sam kicking ass. Um, and then they oh, have to do the oh, draft. we we forgot one key part of this is that the mom seemed entirely too surprised at the process of drafting. She and I'm like, surprised. how does? Yes, he, she's like, you didn't tell me there'd oh, be a draft, right? right, and right. Like, she was like, how she's do you like, not, lady? <laughs> she's on high, she's on high alert of anything that could possibly hurt Emma's feelings. She's like, yeah, but I how have to make she, sure that I protect my child, which is awesome. I mean, yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. But okay, you've been married to this man for 15 years, supposedly, right? Yeah, yeah. And you don't know that well, this comes with a draft? Okay, she's whatever. Never, she's never been emotionally invested before because she doesn't have a son, like you said. So, like, she also, care. that which makes it extra creepy. Although, although he is a sporting goods owner. Okay, I'm talking myself into he the sponsored, creepiness. He's a sponsor. He sponsors. But he could have sponsored, he could have sponsored and let like another yeah. dad. Yeah, no, coach. he sponsors the Hurricanes, but then he also coaches them. Yeah, so he's just multi invested, mon- money financially invested and emotionally invested. Uh, it's seat. a tax write-off. Anyway, continue. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, so we see Richie for the first time um, because Ooh. Sam yeah. R- Sam and Emma are kicking balls back and forth during this, like, tryouts thing. And um, Emma kicks it too far and, it, like, kicks it over to Richie, who is this bully character um, that I hate. <laughs> yes. Agreed. For, what for like a, a little kid, if I, as much as I can hate a little, like a a thirteen year old boy, like he like, is. They is were trying. Asshole. They were trying to go for the archetype of the quote bad boy with the like soft heart, whatever. It did not work out. Yeah, let's, they're let's like they. It, he's no Roy Kent. I'll tell. I'll give you that. What a, what a diss. What a diss. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he we see him in this scene and his pants. Did you see his pants in this um, scene? No. I don't first remember. All, first Talk all, to me we- about this. First of all, he is wearing everybody else is wearing like full-on soccer uniforms, like you know, sweatshorts, uh, uh-huh. high knee socks, whatever. He's wearing baggy jean shorts and a like a striped crew neck t-shirt. Um, and the shorts. Like they are so big and so baggy that they're basically just really wide pants. It was fashion, first of all. And second, do you think that it was his sister's pants? I don't know. 
I don't know what a girlfriend looks like in his family life. (laughs) Right. Yeah. They talked about how his sister beat him up on the playground one time and he's never been the same. (laughs) Correct. Correct. That is his tragic, like his tragic backstory is he got beat up by his sister in the playground. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Get over it, dude. (laughs) Good for her. Uh, Yeah. He's an asshole the whole movie. So um yeah we see him and then of course like and later they try to make him i just i just like they i don't like what they do with emma and her like love story at the end but we'll get to that later i guess <laughs> i mean say less same i don't know okay continue um okay so then we get to the actual draft itself and jerry gets to go first and he um it's a much, real Sophie's choice. <laughs> yeah, much to his much to his chagrin. He does not he wants to pick Sam because he knows that she's the best. I'm surprised he doesn't want to just pick a guy first, to be honest. Cause like I kind of forget in the scene, like, oh yeah, you guys are it's a co-ed team. Like these are still guys. You could just pick a guy. He doesn't have to pick his daughters, either of his daughters first, but I guess that would be hurtful. It well, would be he, less hurtful for him to pick a guy over Emma than to pick Sam over Emma. You know what I mean? But that's who, but he wants Sam because he knows that he can coach her 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah. And that she's just like the best female player. So, so yeah, he, because he gets, you know, he's going to be put in the doghouse by his wife. If he doesn't, he picks Emma first. Um, but here, this is what I have a problem with. So the rest of the coaches are doing their draft and they're going through and every single time before they pick, he tries to get them to not pick Sam. But the way that he does this, is it's he super underhanded. Yes. He publicly humiliates his daughter in front of everybody. Like, oh, don't, oh, the, don't you. The art don't classes. You, <laughs> the art classes. To, yeah. Don't you have to go take your art class? She's like, I was like five and I was finger painting. And like, like multiple things. It's like, dude. Oh, the trick me. The trick knee. What trick knee? Like, what are you talking about? Oh, the pain is so unbearable. Sometimes she forgets she even has it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you realize that you are like humiliating your daughter in this process, but whatever. Um, and so, well, I'm sorry. I will say, good thing her mom's a therapist because she can unpack that later. True. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, usually, I feel like when you in media, when you see a, like a therapist parent, it's bad. It's a bad thing because they always yeah. try to over therapize you or whatever. But, um, but she doesn't. Denise does no, it. No, I think she was her. Their mom is really actually quite good in this movie. Uh, I really I liked her. Yes. Um, so anyway, all the coaches go through and um, none of them pick Sam. And you th- and Jerry's so excited. He's like, great, I'm going to get Sam as my second p- pick and I'll have both my girls on my team. And they're like, OK, Jerry, you're up next. And he goes to do it. And Willard, the buzzards coach, comes in. He's like, sorry, I was late. Uh, Again. And. Again, an icon wrapped in a Hawaiian shirt. Look yeah. at him go. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, he... Um, and then he goes like, what about Sam? <laughs> just like yeah. very nonchalant. Yeah, and then Jerry is just like devastated. Defeated. Um, and then cut scene, next uh, scene, I believe, right? Like that's kind of where the... This yeah. movie was made for TV um, right. and it has like the stereotypical like ad break cutscenes yeah. and you can tell where they are and then it, there's like this is an ad break for sure right yes um, okay and then wh- where are we next what happens next okay the girls are talking about uh the team and greg so sam yes. talks about how hot greg is which is 
a phrase yes. that make me so uncomfortable as a fucking grown adult watching this and seeing two 13, 12 year olds talking about They're 13. guy hotness. Dude. I definitely found guys hot at 13. Are you telling me you didn't find guys hot at 13? Oh, I was completely boy crazy. It just, as an adult, makes me uncomfortable still. (laughs) Oh, no, it doesn't make me uncomfortable at all. Oh, as a 37, as as a mother of daughters, it makes me uncomfortable. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I I wrote down this iconic line that she says, um, because Emma's like, he's just a guy. Go talk to him. Oh, right, because they're, okay, so they're in the lunchroom right? They're like getting, they're at the like lunch table buffet, getting their lunch. Oh oh, yes. And then they're, wait, Um, wait, is this the scene? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, oh, shit. I for, I'm yeah. so sorry, guys. I am a little. No, this is, they're talking about him. They're, 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 okay. they're, they're just in the lunch line. So they're in the lunch line talking about him. And this, this iconic line where, yeah, Emma goes, he's just a guy. <laughs> and Sam goes, guy to you, God to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I want that on my gravestone or something. I love that. Um, <laughs> also, um, we learned that blue is not really Emma's color. Like she's like, this jersey is blue. You know, when, oh. uh, w- th- now we're at, at the, uh, oh, I'm so Wait. sorry. I made up. Okay. Let's backtrack. That's, that's later. Continue. Yeah, so I I have they're in the lunch line after she says that iconic line, um, and uh, when they go up to intro- so Emma's like we have to go introduce him- ourselves to him he's right there like let's go talk to him I'll go with you, um, and they're they're like this entire scene when they're talking about him they have like their trays and they're filling them up with food and they get to the end of the lunch line and this is normally where you would pick your trays up and go put them down at a table. But they both just walk away from their trays and leave them on the lunch line table to go talk to him. I was like, wait, where? You're just, what about your food? You, you the whole know, Helene. You're grabbing your food and then you just left it there. Helene, the hormones, they took over, you know? I guess. I guess. I was like, wait, guys, somebody else is going to take your food. A teenage Uh, girl's body is just a piece of flesh piloted by pure hormones. Right. It has no rhyme, no reason, just hormones. Yeah. They're like, fuck food. I need to go talk to Greg. But anyway, they go over to go talk to him and uh, Emma goes and introduces herself and thinking Sam is right behind her, uh, goes to like, let her introduce herself and Sam has left. Uh, And just runs away like a scared little baby. I mean, understandably so. It's a god for her, you know, not a boy. Yeah, yeah she's not ready to talk to God yet. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right. Uh, next scene, they are each in their respective, I believe, um, practices where she Emma receives the Hurricanes blue jersey and yes. Emma is iconic. And says, uh, are you sure we have to do blue? Like, blue's not really my color. And I was like, yes, yeah. I got you, girl. I, but like uh, at the same time, she looks, they, they look great in blue. I don't know what she's talking about. Blue is beautiful on her. Of course. But it's part of, like, the, the girls. They bring fashion into this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, but Sam gets to wear a green jersey with the buzzards. So, you know. Yes. But then Sam's, like, quip about the buzzards is, 
also iconic because she says, this is the competitive boys league I was waiting for. Yes. Um, also, when they're talking about, they're showing her the jersey, they're showing uh, Sam the Buzzards jersey. And they're like, oh, yeah, our our sponsor is a funeral home. Yes. Um, and the nerdy, um, what's oh, Oscar, the one with the headgear, uh-huh. um, is talking about how the funeral home allows him and his friends to use their building for bio experiments. Yeah, so and I'm gross. like, I'm like, do I even want to know what no, goes just, on? <laughs> like, let's, you know what? Let's just like let it slide on through because that is not a conversation I want to have right now or ever. <laughs> right. Um, but then we get to see their practices. And uh, and the dad is such a sports bro. I really can't relate. <laughs> no, but uh okay, I will say this part, Willard did win me over with um uh, with the pizza old, uh, pizza <laughs> reward motivational tactic like okay you get you go through this obstacle course thing and you get a slice of pizza and i'm like hell yeah that's how you motivate children you're that's how you motivate language. you're that's how you motivate me to do anything yeah. like yeah, is there gonna be pizza? pizza i'll be there yeah yes um and i don't know if we skip sorry did you have any more about this scene Oh, there's a, an extra one that I want to talk about. The conga line at the end for Willard's oh, yeah. practice. Also, <laughs> yeah. what an icon, a hero. Yeah, I he love was Willard. like, oh, he's like, okay, time to do laps. And then their version of laps is just doing a conga line in a circle, which was cute. Um, and I don't know if we skipped this scene, but I have um, a, a little note hidden in here that I can't remember where it fits in about the uh, the grown men crying over a kid's soccer team. So Jerry and his assistant manager are like sitting in the store and um, the guy, his assistant manager is crying because he got stuck with, because they got stuck with Emma. Am I not Sam? Sam? Yeah. And he's literally sobbing. And like the dad is like, to be fair, the dad's not crying. He's like, it's going to, I'll just have to be a better coach. Like, it's fine. I'm like, you are a grown man and you are crying over a girl on a kid's soccer team. I'm telling like, you, these men are <laughs> monsters. These men are monsters. Yeah, that, that assistant manager guy, probably one of the worst people in this film. <laughs> like, <laughs> along with Richie. Richie and that little, that assistant manager, I don't even know his name, the assistant manager. Like, they both can go. I, let's away. be real. I did not even write down the assistant manager's name. That's how much I like yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I, I didn't even care to learn it. Uh, so okay, so now, okay, so then now we're at the got, arcade, right? We're at the arcade. So, so we've got the girls, right? The girls, the girlies are talking to each other. They're at the um, arcade. They're playing pinball at the arcade, mm-hmm. and yeah. they concoct a plan. Uh, well, I, okay. So I was watching this scene, and um, I, I'd written down. I was like, "Have these girls literally never swapped places before?" And then I had to go and delete that note. Because they talk about how they've swapped places once in the second grade. And I'm mm-hmm. like, if I had a twin, an identical twin, I feel like I'd swap places with them. Well, yeah, I can't speak to that because I don't have an identical twin, so I don't know what would happen. Um, maybe, I don't know. If yeah. I had had a, identical twins, I would probably have a little, like a tiny tattoo on their arms or something. Oh, like, I mean, these these two kids, these two parents seem to be able to tell them apart immediately. With yeah, no of course. Of which course. Is awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, 
but yeah, so yeah, there's, and I, and I respect the, you know, plot having to go around how there's no fucking way they're going to be able to t- trick their parents. So they kind of have to go around that. Uh, yeah. But they can trick everyone else. But yeah, the way that they decide to come up with this plan is really cute. Like they're playing pinball and um, they're talking about, oh, you know, it just, I just wish I was on your team, uh, like on the other team. And then I was like, I wish I was on that team, your team. Um, and then they're playing pinball and, you know, they're, the one playing is like, okay, switch places. And they switch places to have the other one start playing, twi- uh, to start playing uh, pinball. And then they look at each other like, wait, we could swap places. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was really cute. I was like, that was, that was a good like realization moment. I like, you that. know what I really liked also, I mean, you're probably going to hate it, but like the fact that they were like, no, we have to tell mom and get her buy-in first because she can tell us apart and she won't go along with this. If you know, we don't have her buy-in. This was before yeah. she, this is before they knew that she couldn't make it to any of their games. Which it, plot hole because plot that gets hole, completely be thrown co- out at the end of this Correct. movie. <laughs> Correct. Maybe she canceled her, like her her like thing. Yeah, She's like, just, say it. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. But like, put it in the put a line in the movie. But yeah. <laughs> so yes. yeah. Um, <laughs> but th- isn't the next scene the Michael Sarah scene or is it, yes they don't yes okay. so say, so the whole you know, thing the whole thing is that the mom can't go to the games and she apologizes because she has like a like a family's like whatever group therapy session or whatever um and then it cuts to michael sarah as taylor being uh being fitted by the assistant of the store for shoes and being a complete little shit and i love it yeah the assistant manager that we all hate um yes yeah so he gets his comeuppance with with the mini michael sarah which is cute and that's um, when the twins decide that they're going to put their plan into effect with their father. Jerry. Yeah, so they yeah, they they get their dad to agree to let them switch places and not talk to not tell their mom. Um and I I, I was like kind of I was like before the scene I was like how the hell are they going to trick their dad? So I was glad that they like got their dad in on it. Um but I also was very confused because I thought the whole point of Emma wanting to do this whole soccer thing in the first place was to earn her dad's respect as an athlete. Well, I think that that's like more the mom's plan. Emma, to me, seemed very like reluctant at first of like, are you sure you want me to do this? Okay, I guess if you really well, no, want me she, to. She's always like, oh, I just dad always picks sam first i wish that dad would pick me like i wish dad would have thought that i was good at sports and so i was like oh great like i when so when i realized what the plot of the movie was before this scene i was like oh so they're gonna switch places and sam is gonna be emma and he's gonna she's gonna make emma look really good for their dad and make him think that emma got really good at sports no 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 i think that I think that, um, yes, Emma wants their dad to look at her differently, but the soccer ploy thing was more their mom's idea than their than Emma's idea. I think she just wants her, him to look at her differently. It just doesn't matter how in which sport, really. Right. 
Oh, I don't even know if we made this clear, but the girls want to switch places because Sam doesn't feel like she's being um, challenged, challenged enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's like, all these people suck, and I feel like I'm not really getting to like play soccer. I'm just kind of like on a well, field with a bunch of happy people. That's when she um, says, this is the competitive boys league I was waiting for. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And then Emma is like not really loving being coached by her dad because he's too like intense and like it's hard and she wants to just have fun. Um, So I get that she like wants to have a good time and that's like why she wants to be on the buzzards and not the hurricanes team. Um, But I definitely was confused for a second because I was like, I totally read this whole like conflict at the beginning of the movie as Emma wanting her dad to like think that she's good at sports and this and like letting him in on the thing on the switch is like gonna totally negate that like so I was I was like what is the point of this uh but I don't think Emma cares as much right now at the moment because she's like, he's so intense, I can't handle it. Yeah, she cared before, but probably not as much anymore. Yeah. Okay, it's kind of like, be careful what you wish for, you just might get it kind of scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then we have a game with the Hurricanes uh, against the Redcoats, I believe, and then a game with the Buzzards. Um, Yeah. Kind of intertwined, like in, like interspersed with each other. But this is their first game after the switch. Yeah, and then is this where um, the girls see that like weird, the like actual soccer star on the field? Not yet, not yet. I have okay. I have other other. So um, Emma, as Sam, scores an accidental goal. into the at the at the game and then they see this like soccer star man who i did not google or check into um do a cameo um what is it alexis or lexi lawless i think yes okay so then they say that he's pretty cute or whatever. And I'm like, 12-year-old girls or 13-year-old girls would not say a grown man with a beard is cute. Let's not be dumb here. I wrote the exact same quote. Oh, my God. (laughs) I wrote the wrong... Oh, wait, wait. I wrote... Okay. I do not buy that these 13-year-old girls think that this grown-ass man with a full-on Santa beard is quote-unquote cute. That is my exact note. (laughs) Great minds think alike. Because... I was like, that is the most unbelievable part of this entire fucking movie. Yeah. That hinges hinges upon identical twins switching teams and fooling everyone. Like, literally the most unrealistic part of this movie. Yeah, like, I understand. Like, they wanted to get, like, a real soccer player in. And they have, like, the... Okay, the, so the it's because they're talking about it later. They have the two coaches that we think are in love. They're like arguing <laughs> about him. That's the guy um, they're arguing about later. I'm sorry. I'm um, sorry. We think our love are definitely in love. There was so yeah. much sexual tension in here. Right. Like yeah, so come they're on. they're fighting, they're fighting over it and they they talk about him. So like I understand they want it. Like I maybe this guy even sponsored the movie. I don't know, but this guy like Ooh. 
maybe maybe he was their hall pass you know what i mean like maybe that's what they're arguing about who's gonna get to sleep with them like as their hall yes. pass <laughs> the, the grown men yes not the girls yes no no yeah not the girls. because like no. they're having the yeah i bet mary kate that like it seems so forced i'm like mary kate and ashley do not want to deliver this line this is not <laughs> what they actually think this this guy is not to a grown-ass woman these this guy is not cute but to two 13 year old girls i was gonna say definitely not cute i'm I was gonna say he had a nice body like yeah like he's long lanky lean yeah. whatever he has a nice really body bad hair really bad but hair. like i i'm getting to it <laughs> but like the hair situation and right. everything else is like not for me personally i'm not here to yuck anybody's yum but it's just not for me and I, highly unbelievable that 13 year old girls would think this is cute because a 37 year old is sitting here thinking not so cute guys yeah <laughs> i don't know yep agreed um all right um yes so then we are <laughs> we're in um the mom's office and she i don't know she's talking about how she has to like go to the library later no no not yet. not yet not yet not yet oh not yet there's something else okay i missed it go ahead I, i'm so sorry um uh, maybe or maybe it maybe i skipped that okay so as sam as emma right is leaving her game greg is following behind and calling Emma's name, and she's not turning around because, duh, she's right, Sam. Yes. And he goes, right. "Hey, are you wearing an invisible Walkman or something?" And I just laughed. <laughs> yeah, that was. I just lost that was, it. That was a good one. Yeah. And I, he asks, a, he asks Sam, ask Emma out on a date. Yeah. Yes, he thinks he's asking Emma out. Um, yes, but it's Sam. Uh, so and yeah, then, so then, and oh. then Emma has to tutor Sam on what to do on a date. Well, no, not yet. So that that's oh, so sorry. The, the, the mom stuff happens before that. Okay, so, then go ahead. So we're in mom, the mom's office. She's like on the phone talking about how she has to go to the library later, which sets up something later. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she has to hang up the phone because she gets a fax, and I'm just like, oh my god, a fax. <laughs> I mean, iconic. Fax, I know. I'm like, oh, faxes. You remember when people would literally like send paper to people? Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> And that paper and that paper was a rule that you put in your like little device. Yeah, you send paper through the internet. It's like texting a piece of paper. Anyway. Did you have um, a fax at home? We did. Yeah. We we did did too, because my dad had his like own business or whatever. So like Yeah. We had faxes incoming, I'll just say. I can like I like see it very clearly in my mind. Like I see the facts and I see exactly where it sat on the counter, and I can like see the buttons and everything. Like oh, and that paper, like that photo sensitive paper, that you know you couldn't leave it out in the sun because it would like dump. Like there's like it was like everything would black out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Also, like I don't remember if like maybe I'm wrong, but I thought that the facts line. Like, like, can you be on the phone and get a fax at the same time? Uh, I don't think so. I depends. Yeah, she on, was. You can only get a fax while you're on the phone if you have two different lines. Yeah, she must have a separate a separate line because she's on the phone with someone, and then she's oh, like, "Oh, but I have usually, to go. I'm getting you know a what fax. though? I let me let me let me retrace my steps. Okay. One second. Fax lines are usually a different number. Are, were always a different number than your okay. main phone, so they're separate yeah, but, entities. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, she gets the facts and the facts is the like current standing of the of the soccer league. And it shows it shows 
that the um hurricanes that, are in first place that the hurricanes are in first place they've won four zero they're they've won four games in a row and emma and emma's that's that's emma's team and she immediately is like oh my god something must be wrong like there's no way that emma's <laughs> team is doing well because emma no. sucks no but didn't she say like i know what's happening you've and he's like okay i can explain and he's just like You've turned you've you've really been a great coach yeah. to Emma. Yeah, it's just like they I think it's kind of like a like a visual, like they're they're trying to make you think, like, oh my god, Emma is in trouble. Like she's found them out. But yeah, then they switch it at the very last minute. But that's yeah. definitely what I saw was like, you just assume that since Emma's team is doing well, that there's something going on here. Um, but no, right, she's so- a good mom. She's a good mom. So then we got um, Emma tutoring Sam on what to do on a date and how to walk, yes. which is always yes. h- hilarious. Yes, yes, um, yes. And then Greg shows up to pick yeah. Emma slash Sam up. Yes, and then when but when they when she leaves and her mom is like bye uh, bye Sam and like Sam's supposed to be Emma. Sam is like dressed like pretending to be Emma, and she's like bye Sam and she closes the door and then she was like wait Sam. What on that date? I thought it was supposed to be Emma. And then she just shrugs it off. She's like, oh, no, she said, date. no, no. She said, bye, Emma. And then she closes the door and she goes, Sam? And then she goes, eh. Oh, like, right. Yeah, though, like she, she like realizes it's Sam after the fact. Right. Yeah. And she, but the fact that she just shrugs it off, she's like, oh, okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> like she doesn't, she doesn't investigate. Why did I, why is my girl pretending to be the other one? Like she doesn't care at all. Well, she's probably in the middle of her work day. Helene, so maybe she has other things to attend to. As I feel like this is important as a, a busy as, as a busy mother with a full time job. I kind of get it. Okay, <laughs> sure. Okay, I'll, I'll take your word on that one. All right. So uh, my they note go... on okay, my note on Greg. Right. I'm sorry. Right. Greg, stop surprising your dates at home. Come on. And Greg, right. oh my God, SATs are not small talk. Especially when you're 13 years old. I was like, this is no, there's no way that they're talking about this right now. Like, well, you're in, in middle maybe, school. Maybe Greg has super a-hole parents. I don't know. But yeah, I'm like, like, how about you guys talk about the PSATs? Like, that you're going to have to worry about way sooner than the SATs. Like, I mean, but if you worry about the SATs first, then you've got the PSAT cover, you know? I guess, yeah. Um, so, so... Yeah, Greg. Greg is not killing this entire time. He doesn't really kill the the date game because they go to the arcade, and he gets kind of a little butthurt that she beats him at everything. But you know what? I have to say for my girl Sam, she does not let up after that first time. She, she just care. kept going. No, she's like I'm. I'm not holding myself back. And yeah, if you hurt a little boy's ego in the process, like that is their, that is uh, like their problem, not yours, you know? Like, so then, I mean, they end the date. Sam is like, shit, it went horrible. He's never going to ask me out again. Like, um, and you know, we've, we've kind of been all, all been there. Yeah. But now we're going to see the jig is up because, Oh, because guess what? The mom finally makes it to the library. And we forgot to mention that the way they concoct around this is while one of them is at practice, the other one will always will be in the quote library studying. Yeah. So the mom won't like see that one is at home when they're supposed to be at practice or whatever. So so this is what I was talking about where the mom was like setting up that she has to go to the library later. 
Um, so, but then my question is, okay, either the mom, either the mom went to the school library or Emma is, is, is at the public library. There's but, Emma, Emma's at the public library is what I thought. But, but I don't think so. Because if you look, all the background actors are like very young children. <laughs> well... Perhaps because the mom works from home, right? Perhaps she's at the library at a time where most patrons are kids because they just got out of school and everyone else is still at work. I guess, yeah. I just got. I was like, wait, did the mom go to the middle school library? To no, do no. Her, like, I think it's the pu- stuff. It's the public library, or maybe Evanston just has like the one tiny library that is also adjacent to the middle school. I don't know. It's Evansville. Evanston is in Illinois, oh, um, I, and Evansville I'm so is in sorry. Indiana. I am so sorry that I get these Midwestern uh, towns mixed up. Yes. Um, so the mom is like, Emma, I thought that you were supposed to be at practice. What are you doing at the library? And she's, and she's like, like, oh, my, oh God, my God, I forgot. I, got, I forgot. I got so like into my studying. I have to go. And she's like, oh, I'll drive you. She's like, no, I want to go by myself. She's like, no, I'll just drive you. Uh, and so she drives Emma to the dad's um team's practice because that's the team that emma is supposed oh, to be and on emma says like dad you got some explaining to do <laughs> uh yeah and obviously the mom sees sam playing as emma at the dad's game and he and she she even catches him calling sam emma on the, oh, on the and, field and he says something about give them no mercy or whatever and she says the most iconic line of this movie speaking of mercy don't expect any from me yeah. Yes, girl. Yes, queen. Yes. Yeah. Um. Next yeah, scene. Next scene. Uh, that that was another ad break. Next scene. A cutting scene. She is cutting vegetables very rapidly on a cutting board. Oh my board. god! I thought that she was going to chop off her hand. She was like very. <laughs> it was like she was like chopping celery, and I was like, "Girl, chill, like chill, because you're gonna. There's an injury coming. It, it's a, it's a children's soccer league. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. Um. During this uh, interaction, maybe it's just me, but like the nagging wife slash cool guy stereotype was like all over the scene. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I was obviously on the mom's side this whole time. Oh, like, come on. We stand. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I don't, how could you like let your daughters be interchangeable? Like you would, you would let your daughters switch places just to win a trophy? Like, what kind of shit dad are you? Like, for real, though. <laughs> Agreed, mom. So, the dad has to come clean to the league. And as a punishment, he has to forfeit all of his wins. Yeah, so he's at 0-0. Zero, zero, and if you looked at the... Um, scoreboard? Like he, yeah, the scoreboard. A lot of the other teams are like, 2-2. Two, two, or Yeah, you yeah. Know. <laughs> so, he's, he's starting off, like, he's not like super bad off but he he's a little like behind yeah um which he doesn't handle it well with the other coaches which i mean whatever Uh, male fragility yeah and willard doesn't give one shit he is oh he's sleep again (laughs) an icon a legend wrapped in a hawaiian shirt just unbothered unbothered like snoring in the back row uh (laughs) <laughs> I mean, to care as much about this shit as Willard does, that's what I want in my life. Yeah. Um, He's like, I just want to teach the kids how to play soccer and have fun. That's all I want. 
he just, it's really just have fun. He doesn't really care about the whole soccer part of it. At oh, all. yeah, but you um, know, he's he's fronting there. Yes. Um, and then is this the poker game next? Because that's my yes. next note. Poker. Okay. Yes, that is. So the I'm poker watching. Game. I'm watching this poker game scene, and I'm waiting for something of value note. to happen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Again, and then the, and then nothing. the scene ends. This, so the scene, the poker game is just the dad, all the coaches, including their dad, and the coaches are like, "Oh, you know, we can't really blame you. We get it. Sam's the better player. Oh, but all you did was lie to everybody that you care about." And then they're like, "Wait, we're mad at you." Like, you blah blah blah. And he's like, "Winning isn't everything." Just kidding. I just won this hand. Ha ha ha. I love winning still, and it's just the dumbest scene. In the whole movie, I'm like, why? This was a whole waste of time. Why did we, can we cut this scene? Like, I don't care. <laughs> Honestly, it could do without that scene, to be real. Yeah, it was yeah. a really bad scene. Um, okay, so the girls are back in their original teams. The mom yes. becomes a assistant coach. To Willard's For the buzzards. Team. Yeah, the yes. buzzards. Um, and then and that's, uh, this Willard... This is where I wrote the note. Wait, no, this is where I wrote the note. Their mom has to miss all of their games for work, but has the time to coach one of the teams. I am telling you, I think she canceled those therapy sessions. They should have, maybe they like, they kept that poker scene in when they shouldn't have. And they should have like kept the scene in where she's like, well, that's it. I'm canceling all my weekend sessions. Yeah. Like, because, okay. So in the, the, scene where she's angrily chopping celery or whatever he like he makes a comment about how like i understand that you don't understand like that you're not like you don't know much about this coaching thing but oh, gross, and, blah, blah, blah. and then like man and then mansplains coaching to her right and then she yeah. ends the scene with her leaving like who do you like who are you to say i don't know anything about coaching and then leaves and then i love that they pay that off and it wasn't just like a shut up asshole line and it was like I'm going to show you that I know a thing or two about coaching. I'm going to coach your rival team and I'm going to win the guy, the whole damn thing. And I'm like, yes, mom. Yes. All right. So then Willard, this is the one time I'm like, Willard, come on, let's not do this. <laughs> um, uses the proximity to uh, Denise, the psychotherapist uh, the or the therapist, yeah. the, the mom, um, yeah. to get some free therapy himself. I mean... I understand the temptation, but this scene was really cringy. It was a really okay. bad scene. Okay, but I will say that he is very relatable because he has an overwhelming craving for cheese. And who amongst us does not have an overwhelming craving for cheese once in a while? We love a sure. relatable king. <laughs> uh, sure, I guess. I, I thought it was, just, it was just a really cringy scene. And he's talking about the, his dream, which, by the way, another Titanic reference. I wonder if we're going to get one in every single Mary-Kate Nashley movie. Because <laughs> Maybe. There, was one in, there was one in, in Passport to Paris, too. So I'm, just, I'm keeping my eye out for Titanic references. Okay, so, day. like, ding! Titanic reference. <laughs> yes. So he's, like, telling his dream, and he, he's like, it's England in the 1920s, and I'm getting on a, on a boat. Uh, like a large boat that's going from, you know, England to the, the America, America. And, and the mom is like, so like Titanic. And he's like, no, nothing like Titanic. And then he goes to tell the entire plot of Titanic in, in, in his dream, except that he is Jack and his mom is Rose. And he is three years old. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. But still, it's a weird ass <laughs> dream. It's a weird ass dream. Um, uh, anyway. Um, Next scene, we're back at the lunch room. 
or outside the lunchroom, right? Yeah. And um, the girls are like, you know, like Emma's like, you got to tell Greg, Sam, like, I can't keep this up for much right. longer. Yeah. Um, and Sam and it's is like, at this point, like, Greg is literally the only person who doesn't know, like all the teams know, all the coaches know, like all the, all the kids on the teams. And so it's like, these kids go to school. Like, don't you think you would have gotten around school? Maybe. Okay. Let me, let me backtrack this. Cause I, as the new kid in many a school. I was not privy to all the hot goss all the time. Was is he new? Yes. Okay. So I, I think that. like maybe he's been like a little bit sheltered from the hot goss of it all. He is. He's sitting alone at lunch. I noticed yes. that when they go, go talk yes. to him. I'm like, oh, he has no friends. Kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. So he's new, right? Um, and through a series of happenstances, because first uh, Sam goes in, then comes out is like, it went great. I didn't tell him, though, basically, right? Like, it's the whole thing. Uh, Emma has to go in. Totally different outfit. Greg does not clock, but, you know, whatever. He's a boy. Yeah, I I noted that because all they did was switch jackets. They were wearing the same pants, so... But, like, they had vastly different shirts on. Also, also Ashley was wearing, like, a a jean jacket on top of a cardigan? Too much. Yeah, she... Yeah, I mean, not until they swapped. Yeah, of course, yeah. So so Emma... Or Sam came and came to school with just a tank top and a jean jacket. They... So Sam gives her jean jacket to Emma, and I was like, before she goes in, I'm like, this is... He's gonna tell that they're... Like, Sam was wearing, like, an olive green shirt, and Emma's wearing, like, a purple shirt. There's no way he's gonna not notice that. But I did notice in the scene, they had her... The jacket, like, buttoned up, literally to the top button. So you actually couldn't see, you actually could not see the shirt underneath it. Well, and that's the scene where we find out that Greg and Sam have way more in common than he and Emma, which is like a really cute thing. But then there's a clash in the hallway and Emma runs out and they find Sam picking up cutlery. Yeah, and so this is when the jig is up for them. The jig with is Greg. up. But with I do Greg. have to say, I love how in the, and I know that these are different characters and blah, blah, blah. But like, I love how in the last movie, they were so intense about making sure that their guys could tell them apart. Mm-hmm, uh, but mm-hmm, in, in this mm-hmm. movie, they're total, Sam is totally cool with Greg literally not having any idea that they switched spots at that table. Like, he, he completely thinks he's talking to Emma the entire time. And I'm yeah. like, you do not care one bit that Greg has, no, like, he cannot tell you and your sister apart at all. <laughs> not a bit. I don't know. Like, it was different characters, different movies, you know? It is. Yeah, it is. I just thought it was funny. It was like a weird contrast. Okay. So, mom is still uh, co- the coach of the buzzards. And- oh, my God. This scene. <laughs> she... Oh my god, I can't. So, do um, you want to talk? go ahead. Do you want to- okay, so she is um, sitting on the sidelines of the practice with the helmet kid, the kid that wears the he's Hel- wearing, he wears helmet the- head, aka helmet head. I think his yes. name is his legal name. I believe is Robert. Yeah, one of them was Robert. I can't remember, but he it's he's wearing a football helmet. Not even like just like an actual football helmet. He so he wears it all the time, and she's sitting on the sidelines. Um, during practice with this kid and she's kind of like therapizing him because she's a, yeah. she's a shrink um, and she would is... not like that you said that though shrink okay. you remember okay. like she told Jerry's like we don't call ourselves that 
Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I, I, first of all, I want to say this entire conversation, when you look at it, like, it, it, it looks like the mom is hitting on this little kid. Oh, no. Gross. It, it really does. I'm sorry. Like, it it is really uncomfortable. And I and I can see why the kid like I, the kid kind of acts into it. He's like, leave me alone, weird lady. But I, there is one really good line. <laughs> and she's talking to him and she asks if his siblings ever tease him about the, the helmet. And he and says he doesn't like, have any siblings. And yeah, then later like, on, I'm like, ah, I don't have any siblings. And then she's like, "Does anyone else ever tease you about it?" And she goes, and he goes, "Just my brother Ken." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just beautiful. I was, I, it was like so perfectly delivered. I was yeah. like, "Who do you think you're? Do you not know what the word siblings means?" That so that is literally funny. the joke. Yeah, that is literally the joke. <laughs> it's so funny. I loved it. Another scene I want to talk about with Denise is when she like stops the game or practice, I don't remember which, to tell them about visualizing winning and like soaring like eagles. And there's like, wait, buzzards? Like uh, the buzzards soar? Like it's like a whole thing. And like, I was just like, are they just learning how to manifest in this? scene like is this like the seeds of manifestation for the later generation i mean they had to show like her her approach is all mental and like motivational you know it's yeah 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 no i got it but i was like oh this sounds a lot like manifestation this is so weird um then um oscar and his headgear i feel sorry for him yeah and then I have my next, I don't know what scene this is. I'm just going by my notes. Um, you tell me if you have another scene before this. Richie is being a real piece of shit towards Emma because she's yes, back on the team again. I have, I have a note that he delivers every single one of his insults in the most unconvincing, monotone, like, manner. Yeah, well. He, he's just like... You suck, Emma. Blah blah blah, and I'm like, I don't. This is so badly acted. I'm sorry, little kid. Like, this is so bad. And then we have, we have in the parents, not the children, a family at war. And I have this like in all caps, a family divided because they're like getting stuff out of their like SUV or like minivan, and like the mom is barely talking to the dad, like. Yeah, Whatever. I feel like we're like we have a little. Isn't this like it's kind of like a montage of a bunch of different games, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's well, there's one point. So the dad is, it's a hurricanes game, and the dad is um talking to now Emma because they've had to switch back because the jig was up. Um, and he first of all he he decides to um, like he thinks that the, the literally the middle of the game is a good time to just completely change up the play um like he's like we're gonna do this play that i made that we've all practiced and that you guys all know except that i'm gonna change the entire play completely and you have no time to learn or practice this new play and it's the it's the play with like the screen like he's having emma be a screen which if you're not if you're not a sports connoisseur like adrian and i are now (laughs) um (laughs) Uh, a screen is just basically like a distraction. Uh, he he's he's deciding to have like Emma blocking, like blocking, basically. Yeah, um, but but I, I feel like in, because they don't call it blocking, they call it a screen. 
And the way that they show it is like, it's not her just like physically trying to block. It's her like distracting (laughs) them with her feminine wiles. Um, Look at you. She is like, I'm like, you're, you're using your child's feminine wiles to distract players on the other team so that you can score a goal. That is well, what to be doing. fair, to be fair, I don't think the dad was like, go and flirt with them. Just like, hey, just go out there and make sure they don't like notice. So she's like, well, I'm really good at talking to people, basically. Right. Like, so I'll just go do that. I guess it's just the, the movie definitely shows it as like, I'm a pretty girl. Look at me. <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't think to be fair, I and I hate the dad. I, I want this to be known. I fucking hate Jerry. Jerry, you <laughs> suck. But I don't think he, like, I just think he was like, yeah, just do a screen, like, just distract them. Like, he didn't say, like, you know, hey, just wink at them and, like, be seductive. Or I don't think that that, no. <laughs> yeah, but that, yeah, but that's where the movie went, which sucks. Yeah, which sucks. Um, And then Denise becomes head coach of the Buzzards. She does, And yes. tries to give a speech at the coaches meeting that the coaches are not feeling. and. To be fair to them, I yeah. kind of wasn't feeling it either. Yeah, but um, they cut her off. Like, let her yeah. just say her shit and let her let her have words. Well, I, I felt like there were, if it had been, like, if they had, like, a jukebox or anything, they would have started playing a song like they do at the Academy Awards to just, like, yeah. get her off the floor. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, <sighs> I don't know, did we skip the part where Sam realizes that Emma is a really good goalie? No, that's actually right after that. Okay. So the girls are um, practicing by, you know, by just eat with each other by themselves. And Sam's like, hey, I need to like kick some goals. Do you mind like, you know, standing in for the goalie? Um, Dad's really been on my, no, mom's been really on my back to like make more goals. Right. And Emma's like, right. sure, I guess. And we find out that Emma is. <gasps> A natural goalie guys yeah and they do this like montage it's like a slow-mo montage of of sam kicking shots and um emma blocking them um with and her it's all- closed <laughs> yeah yeah hey she's like volleyball spiking which i mean good for her um, good for her but it's all in slow-mo and it's literally like the- there's like funky music in the background and just a vo of sam's voice just saying things like great good job okay (laughs) nice save like and she does that and it's like goes on for way too long (laughs) and and then the kicking leg and it's like a kicking leg and you can't even see like sam's full body yeah and it looks like the same shot over and over again oh yes like it doesn't look like different kicks uh it was the like it was a bad montage like this was just bad filmmaking But, you know, the montage that was not as bad was the next montage, which is the playoff montage. Although we should say that. Wait, what? Before the playoffs, though. Okay, we we should say that uh, Sam tries to convince Emma to let the dad know about the whole, like, I'm a natural good goalie. And Emma's like, nah, man, I'm, I'm good. Like, I don't want that. I think it's layered because Richie is their goalie and she doesn't want, she, I think she likes Richie at this point, which makes no sense, whatever. But Why would you even like um, that guy? Come on. I know, but she like, she's like, I think it's layered of, I don't want to, you know, take Richie's spot. And also dad would never agree to change up the, the like lineup this late. Um, yeah. 
So before like before the playoffs, the, it's like the mom and dad are still fighting and the tension is high because now not only is the mom mad about what the dad pulled with the kids still, but now they're rivals because they're coaching opposite teams and they both want to win the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the moms, they have this really random scene that I'm like, why did they even include this? But the mom stops by the dad's store. Oh, after, I thought that was so fucking random to say yeah. like good luck or whatever. Yeah, she stops by the store to wish him luck at the game, and then literally like in the same sentence, she says that she'll see him at dinner that night. Can't and I'm you like, say it at dinner? Yeah, I was like, why did you go to the store to say this when you're literally going to see him at dinner later that night? You could have just said good luck at the game at dinner. I was so confused why they did that. No, that's fair. That's fair. Right. So then the playoffs. Um, and before they even start, that's when we get to meet the funeral home sponsor, right? Oh, my God. Yes. So at we, we at Longview Funeral Homes. Yes. <laughs> uh, like at the, we mentioned at the beginning of the movie, um, the sponsor for the Buzzards team, the one that Sam is on, the loser team or whatever, um, that one that the mom is coaching now. Um, their sponsor is a funeral home, Longview. As oh, and we should say that the playoff montage shows that the Hurricanes and the Buzzards are now at the last bracket for their championship. So as no one is surprised, the movie has the mom's team and the dad's team with the the two twins facing off against each other in the championship. I cannot believe it. Um, Um, But this Longview guy is so creepy. Um, And his scene goes on for much longer than I would have preferred personally. <laughs> um, and he's wearing kids, like an entire suit and like yeah. a fedora. Yeah, he's all black, obviously, because he's he's a funeral home director. Um, and some kid says something. I don't like remember. never say die. Yeah, and he yeah. goes like, "Funny, you should say that." Our motto is the opposite. Yeah, yeah, it's the kids like you know our motto, never say die, and he goes never. Funny, our motto's just the opposite. <laughs> yeah, just weird ass fucker. Um, oh, weirdo. And also, like, did you know that they're? I'm sure you you caught this, but like their yeah. their um, entire like I guess what is it? Is it catchphrase motto of Longview Funeral Homes is let your last view be Longview. Yeah, yeah, that was cute. I thought that and was I've, clever. And I thought that was perfect from a marketing standpoint. Um, Yes. So then we, we have the kickoff. um, Who's like where they decide who goes first or whatever in the championship. And I wanted to point something out because I don't know if you noticed this, but this was a big mess up. Um, At the kickoff, we have like um, Sam and one other person from the buzzards. And then the people for the hurricanes um, to represent at the kickoff were Richie and um this other kid and this kid he is noticeably like he's very you can pick him out in a lineup because this kid has like a he has a full-on mustache he's like he's a 13 year old kid that i did not see this oh yeah he has he has a full-on mustache first of all but the reason that this is important is because i definitely recognized him but when i saw him earlier in the movie was he on the buzzards (laughs) 
He was the goalie for the Buzzards team the entire movie and all the Buzzards practices. He was their goalie. And then you get to the kickoff and he is on the Hurricanes all of a sudden. Well, all of a sudden we learn that switching goals has double meaning. Yeah, yeah. He he switched. He was like even triple meaning. Who knows? Like, oh, Emma and Sam can switch teams. I'll just switch teams. <laughs> Like, what? Uh, yeah, and th- that along with the fact that he, ha- he, a 13-year-old kid, has a full mustache was very interesting to me. Wow. Are you sure he does? he's not another, pa- uh, uh, another pair of identical twins? Like He might be. You never know. That's a good, that, that is a good point. That is a good point. But anyway, so the game, it's the game, and Sam is running slow-mo um, as she runs towards Emma to like make that last goal. Oh, because- we forgot to say that Richie got injured. I'm so sorry. Richie gets yeah, injured. We skipped that whole part. Yeah. yeah. So Richie, Richie like goes to block a goal and he lands on his shoulder wrong and he hurts his shoulder and he has to sit out the rest of the game. And it's like the last like 30 seconds of the game or something. And the dad, like Sam convinces the dad to let Emma be the goalie for the rest of the game. So Sam is, you know, it's, it's sister against sister. Sam is running to go make the final goal. And it's like, will Sam make the goal or will Emma block the goal? Um, and as there's like this slow-mo shot of Sam running towards Emma to make it, make the goal. And first of all, that shot is much longer than it needs to be. But it's funny because the announcer is talking the whole time, like as we see her running slow-mo. And he says like two things, two or three things. And then at one point he says, tensions building and it's like yeah you've been talking for like three minutes while this girl is running (laughs) i was like that is a bit too on the nose like yes the tension is building you've built it like sufficiently can we see the shot (laughs) um but yes then um wait i I know they end on a on a oh yeah emma blocks it emma blocks the goal Yes, and it is um, now a scoreless tie, so it's zero yes. zero. Yes, and then I, what my takeaway was like that the parents learn how to be more like each other, and so do the girls. Then we get Greg asking Sam out for real, as Sam, and as Sam, and Richie apologizing to Emma now that he supposedly sees her as an equal because she's a good goalie. Question yeah, mark. Well, he, I don't know. He says he says like. It, uh, maybe I'm a bit woozy, but I think you're cute. <laughs> Such a fucker. And I'm like, I'm like, you have to justify thinking she's cute with being nauseous. Mm. What? <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what gets me the all the time. All the boys get yeah. me with that line. Gross. Yeah, okay. Gross. Um, speaking of men, of, of white men, it is time oh. for our white man's corner where we give a voice to the voiceless in the form of seth uh who i am contractually obligated to say is my husband (laughs) (laughs) um and he recorded a voice memo that helene and i have not yet listened to so we will be reacting to this live on air as they say in the business okay and here we go. Hi, everybody. I just want to start off and say that this dad is a real bonehead. I yeah. sound old. I know <laughs> it. But these Zoomers see these clothes and go, hell yeah, bro, I want to wear that. And tangentially. 
I clocked the bully immediately because he's wearing these chin-length shorts and had short ah, hair. That's what I said. Sort of buzz cut I had back then. Down at Dad's sporting goods store, they don't do much work. About as much work as the kids in Empire Records did. Maybe retail is asking to die. Anyway, these jobs where you never work and just hang out with your buds all day were the dream of the 90s. It was a beautiful dream. <laughs> I didn't see that Freaks reference coming. The premise of the movie doesn't really kick in until 23 minutes in, which is a choice. <laughs> I've never been so glad to see Michael Sarah before. Yes. It's funny how Title IX happened under Nixon. The English guy dresses just like my high school geometry teacher, Mr. Shirazi. This isn't any reference you should know. It's just part of my lore. I'm really curious to see what the bully's comeuppance is going to be. I'm not a misogynist, and I find her to be a very sympathetic character. But the mom is very, very much like Skylar White. So shout out to Anna Gunn, I guess. Oh, that's This movie has too much or not enough plot. I'm not going to be explaining this. <laughs> and even for the 90s, this movie feels really <laughs> misogynistic. Right? I think the kid with the orthodontic headgear has a slight Canadian accent. Yay for Canuck representation, I guess. I need to let you know, as a parent, the entire time I was watching this movie, I could hear Baby Shark in my head. <laughs> this is my second favorite movie about siblings who play soccer. The first one is Rudo y Cursi, which is great, and you should watch it. It's really good. Not only do I get the twins confused, I get all the boys confused. They all look like they grew up to be the dad in Coco Melon. The dad here looks like the sort of guy who would think soccer is cultural Marxism. I don't buy this at all. There was a beer hall putsch during the Clinton administration. All the participants would have been these dads. There was some better than average fake 90s R&B, and I appreciated that. <laughs> Finally, in the third act, we get a customer in the store. Finally. I'm not super clear on what family abolition is, but I kind of want to see it applied to this family. Featured, hey, it's that guy of this movie, is Keith Knight. He's actually Canadian, so they're really doubling down on representing folks from the Great Northern Menace. Turns out the bully's comeuppance is a sports injury, which seems kind of rough. But then he liked her the whole time, and she agrees to go on a date with him? I really don't want, want my daughter to watch this movie. <laughs> I think they should have had... I think they had one of the twins mime slow motion, but I'm not going to rewind and check, because that would just ruin the mystery for me. I didn't get a lot of his references this time. He had a lot of, like, old-school references. Imagine being married to him. It's like, God, I have to Google this now? <laughs> yeah i mean i got a good amount of them but i was like oh nope that one went over my head <laughs> i um unbeknownst to me glanced at his notes as he was taking them and i was like what are you referencing about coco melon here and he's like you'll see you'll see <laughs> oh my gosh that's amazing <laughs> um in this household we have to watch a lot of coco melon sadly uh it is for lack of a better word, a baby tranquilizer. So, hey, if it works, it works. Well, thanks uh, to our resident white man for explaining this movie to us. Yeah, um, thank you, Sam. The, the movie that he is referencing stars two of my boyfriends, Gael Garcia Bernal and Diego Luna. So go watch Wait, it. Wait, he referenced like a million things. What are you talking about? He's talking about a soccer movie. Like he said, like his favorite soccer movie of all time okay. is a soccer movie 
I'll get the title because I forget the title. That, all I remember is that it stars my two boyfriends, Diego Luna and Gael Garcia Bernal, which, you know, funny story, my dog is named after one of them. So <laughs> Amazing. Love that. So the title of the movie is Rudo y Cursi. R-U-D-O space Y space C-U-R-S-I. It's a Spanish movie. I mean, this the title was in Spanish, so that makes sense. Yes. So uh, literally translated to Rough and Corny. It's a 2008 Mexican rough sports. And, rough corny. and what? Corny. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh, it's a 2008 Mexican sports comedy drama film starring my boyfriends, as I said before. And it is directed by Carlos Cuaron. Um, it is full, full whatever. Don't care about anything else. Yeah, okay. This is way more information about a movie I've never heard of or didn't need to know the information about. Well, you know, it is what it is. Anyway... <laughs> Let's get to Feminism 101, which is the pass-fail course here in Growing Up Millennial. Does it pass a Bechdel test? Uh, yes, because the girls talk about, I mean, most of the time the girls talk about Greg and shit, but they do talk about soccer and their dad and the teams. Um, yeah, so, so I would say absolutely. So 100% of that. What was your favorite girl power scene? I had, I had uh, one favorite and then I had an honorable mention. So the favorite is when the girl, when, when Emma is trying to like train Sam on how to like be on the date or whatever. And Sam is like, oh, I'm never, forget this. I'm never going to get it. I'm so bad at being a good girl or whatever. And she goes, forget it. Is that competitive Sam Stanton? Is that the competitive Sam, Sam Stanton that we all know and love? Is that the spirit of the girl who won the nine and over punt pass and kick competition at the age of seven? And she goes, you're right. There's no pressure here. He's just a guy. Yeah. Love that. Um, And then my honorable mention is when the mom yells, the who says I wouldn't know the first thing about coaching um, that we mentioned pays off later when she becomes the coach. So So my favorite uh, girl power scene is when Sam convinces her dad to put Emma in as a goalie because she recognizes her innate talent. But my honorable mention, as mentioned previously, is when the mom like walks up to the dad after learning everything and Mm -hmm. is like speaking of mercy. Do not expect any from me or whatever. I, yes, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Well, I like, yeah, the first, your favorite that you mentioned, I love like girls looking out for girls. Love it. Yeah. Great. So, um, next plot point here at, at our little podcast. When, I mean, I get it's just so weird talking about this as an adult, right? Like, who is the Basically, better love interest? Yeah, yeah who's, I guess? who's the better love interest? But obviously, this this movie is not even a freaking question. Of like, course not. Like <laughs> it's Greg all the way. Yeah, we talked about how Richie was a horrible person the entire movie. So yeah, there's definitely no, Richie. Like I feel like it was also really like afterthought. They were like, oh, we've had this love interest for Sam the whole time. Emma doesn't have one. Like we have to throw one in at the end and make it this guy that's been mean to her the whole movie. So yeah, it's definitely Greg, Greg has that like adorable nerdy vibe yeah Um, well to be clear 
Emma's love interest is being good at sports, basically, right? Like that's her. Like that's the thing that she that that's the real payoff at the end is that she finds her talent. And Sam's struggle was never sports; it was social. Guys, yeah, it was so. Yeah, yeah. So that's you know whatever. Um, thirty-seven-year-old yeah. me Googled him at present time. Aged very well. Let's just say. yeah, he does. He I looked at I looked him up too. He's very very cute as an as a, an adult. Um, I mean, I'm a married lady, but you know I can still look. Tre- Trevor Bloomus, Greg, yeah, yes. I didn't look up Richie. Um, yeah, gross. Whatever. I, I mean, that, the kid is probably a good guy. I don't know. Anyway, um. <laughs> most hated kid in america that's who uh fashionista or fashion victim let's talk about our favorite fashions in here oh my god i had a lot of thoughts about the fashion here first of all like i said in that very very first scene we see emma she is wearing the most gorgeous white three-quarter sleeve cardigan that has cherries all over it and i was like immediately i want that in my closet um and then she wears something similar when the when like the jig is up and her mom finds her at the library and like their lie is uh, revealed. She's wearing a white sweater with bouquets of pink peonies all over it. And I was like, girl, like, I just want your whole closet. Um, however, uh, Sam, not so much. <laughs> like overall like her she's fine like she's just kind of tomboy which is not my issue but but there were two specific pieces of clothing that i that i caught sam wearing in this in this movie that made zero sense to me first of all when they get dropped off at school and we see that like you know emma is surrounded by guys and sam is kind of like just staring at greg with um she is wearing a blue tank top that literally just has a like picture of a cupcake on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these outfits to me read very either wet seal or Delia's catalog adjacent. Yeah. Well, in in the vein of just like a shirt with that is just like a solid color with like one random thing in the middle. She later in the movie, she is trying to think, she's like trying to trick her mom that she's going into the library instead of going to the um, to soccer practice and she's wearing this light like purpley pinkish shirt with nothing on it except just like a orange like red rectangle in the middle it's just that's all if there's a rectangle a red rectangle on a purple shirt and that is it <laughs> I was like, the what? 90s man the 90s were <laughs> what i've never seen a shirt like that in my life <laughs> Maybe because you're not the Olsen twins, you know, um, uh, and you weren't living in Toronto. Um, I, for one, am loving, living for. You should, one would say, all these Steve Madden slides that are in the this shoes. Movie. Yes, the shoes. They have yes. them in the ones that they wore in Passport to Paris too, right? Yeah, no, no, no. But there's, I just like the like continuity yeah. of the Steve yeah. Madden. Those were those were the shoe back in the day. I really like yeah. those shoes. All right, so now it's time for the real question, Helene. Does it stand the test of time? You want to go first? Oh, sure. Is it goofy? Yes. Is it out of touch? Absolutely. 
do us do I still love it as a 37 year old a thousand percent that's it I can I I dunked on the movie while I was watching it I would still watch it again it's sadly that is my one red flag out of many I'm sure but you know yeah um <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> Uh, so the writing and the acting. So, so Helene hates it and writing, she okay, so, wants to burn my house down because so I made her I, watch I know, it. I mean, okay. So the writing and the acting are not great. They're not horrible, but they're not great. Um, but I will say there is in a check in the good column is that it's not as sexist as it could have been, or as I honestly was thinking it would be. So Yay. <laughs> Wow, a ringing endorsement from Helene. Yeah, but it, but I, but will I ever watch it again? No. And does it stand the test of time? Probably not. I mean, does it stand the test of time? No. Will I love it until my dying day? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I mean, I if if the only thing, the only scene you need to think about when you're answering the question, does it stand the test of time, is. When there's a grown man crying over girls in boys in a boys soccer league. <laughs> oh, so it's thing. not when two twelve year olds say that a man with a full grown beard and sketchy hair situations is like they're like, oh yeah, he's kind of cute. It's not that. That was that was just weird. But yeah, it's just I mean, yeah, yeah. I yeah. could do without that cameo actually. Like yeah. it's like they yeah. wanted David Beckham, but he they couldn't get him. Like I could understand a twelve year old girl thinking David Beckham is kind of cute. Maybe Alexi Lalas was like a really big deal back then. I, I didn't pay attention to soccer then, as I don't pay attention to it now. <laughs> uh, speak for yourself. I am a soccer connoisseur. Not only do I love switching goals, I also love Ted Lasso. So, excuse. Me. Oh, and bend it like Beckham. So yeah. let's let's I am you and, are speaking and, to a and. soccer scholar, you know? And 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 she's all not she's all that. Uh, she's the man. She's the man. Yes. You're speaking to a soccer scholar asterisk yeah. soccer as portrayed yeah, in like, media. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say if you if you asked me if I wanted to watch a movie about soccer where someone pretends to be someone else to win a soccer game, I'd be like, hell yeah, let's watch She's the Man. Not not, not switching goals. (laughs) Not switching goals, I'm sorry. Switching goals crawled so She's the Man could run. Sure, sure. I will, fine. I'll give that to you. (laughs) All right, with that ringing endorsement from Helene, Let's go to uh, our segment that we call Back to the Future, which we, as if you ever listen to Occupolitics, and why would you at this point if you have it, um, is a segment where we would talk about the media we've been consuming recently. So, Helene, what have you been occupying your time with? Well, um, I'm an avid Love is Blind fan, and uh, season five um, has started. The, it has, like I think, maybe like five episodes out or something. Sorry, Lily, my cat is trying to eat. My real question is, Helene, is it worth it for me to get invested at this point? Uh, well, what do you mean? Like just this season or? Yes, in general? this season, this season. Um, I'm liking it. There's like some unexpected drama in this season. That oh, I read about in. it already. Okay. I, yeah. I have spoiled I w- myself. 
yeah, I mean, I am liking it, but I think I'm kind of like biased because I just love Love is Blind. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I would watch it if I were you. The, the sad thing is there are only two viable couples left. Oh my God, so. that sounds like when they're freezing embryos and they're like, there's only however many embryos that are viable. Yeah, well, like, well, because like when you're in the pods and they're, and they're like showing like who's going to propose to who or whatever, um, it looks like they're going to be four really solid couples and now there are only two, so. Oh, sad. Okay, well, I might. Who knows? But, but I'm liking it. So yeah, okay. Love is Blind, uh, season five. And then um, I've been listening to this podcast called boys watching buffy um which they they you might know them from they had their original podcast that they got like popular on was called boys watching girls and that Uh was like it was a rewatch podcast well not even rewatch it was just a watch podcast because they hadn't seen it um of the the show girls on hbo max um with lena dunham and it was like two boys who had never seen it before, had no, knows no, know nothing about it, watching it for the first time and like giving their thoughts. And it's the same thing now they're doing it with Buffy. And I don't know if you're if you've ever heard of Potterless, it's very much Potterless vibes um, where like these straight dudes are watching a, a thing um, and they don't know anything about it. Um and I'm liking it for the most part. There's like, there are some things where it's like, you know, I, I love this show and I make excuses for this show because Buffy is the best show to ever exist on the planet. And so I make excuses for it left and right because it's amazing and I will fight for it till I die. Um, so when there, there are things that like rip apart on it that I'm like, shut up. <laughs> but, but overall, I'm enjoying it. And I'm, it actually got, it's getting me to rewatch the show again, which I do like at least once a year anyway. So. I've been rewatching Buffy while listening to the podcast, like episode by episode. So um, my only comment on this is that I am so glad that straight white men are getting the representation hey, that they so the deserve. The reason I didn't say straight white men is because there is a white guy. Oh, and a black I'm so guy. sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm no. so sorry that I am so happy that men are getting the representation they deserve in podcasting. Right. We don't hear enough right. about men so, in podcasts. I mean, as I mean, okay, so here's the thing. I, in general, I don't usually want straight men's opinions on Buffy. Like, that's not an opinion I'm usually looking for. However, um, if you ever listen to the, the best Buffy podcast, which I've um, recommended on other podcasts, uh, is Buffering the Vampire Slayer, which is led by two queer women who were married to each other and then got divorced um during the podcast um drama yeah it's very it's a very very good podcast um i think that the two queer woman perspective is so much more interesting than the two straight men perspective however buffy is kind of a show where guys kind of don't they think it's too girly right like guys don't usually watch buffy unless it's just it's just not normal for guys to like seek out watching buffy on their own without being like asked to by their girlfriend or whatever you know what I mean? Um, so it is interesting to hear like two dudes watching this and like whether or not they like that's their opinion. I mean, I don't always agree with what they have to say, but it's interesting. <laughs> I'm just out here still trying to dissect the drama that is starting a podcast while you're married to someone 
And then going through the process of a divorce and still hosting that podcast yeah, with the same person? They, yeah, they finished the entire series. They got divorced probably, I think it was like around season three or four. Um, and now, I mean, they're, they're still best friends because of it, like because they kept doing the podcast. I highly recommend uh, Kristen and uh, Jenny on Buffering the Vampire Slayer. Like, they're a great duo. And yeah, they, they do talk about getting divorced while on the podcast <laughs> wow okay well um the media i have been consuming is a discovery of witches which is a um adaptation of a book series that made it into a i think it's eight episode a season uh right. mini series it is available on max right now okay. uh this is not my first watch this is probably like i was second gonna watch. say about the show or the books because i feel like if you've mentioned this before i've read the books yeah. twice i think or three times nice they're, they're pretty dense books as in like they're pretty lengthy so it's not like i can reread one right. uh over and over again um I, I i think that it stands pretty well on its own as a as an adaptation like you don't need to read the source material uh, to enjoy it but if you want to read the source material and then enjoy it before or after it both bring different things to the table let's right. just say right um the casting spot on beautiful i love it i'm forever in love with this one character that we get to meet in season two uh, it's it's not the main guy um it's not the one you should be rooting for but even in the books and in the adaptation it's just he just does it for me guys like <laughs> I'm not going to name names. You okay. guys can guess. Um, yeah. I don't know if, Helene, you'll be watching this at I any point will. in your life. Um, but it's pretty good. And uh, <laughs> unless, uh, I'm not going to say prestigious, unless serious <laughs> notes, I've been watching the reboot of DuckTales with uh, David Tennant voicing Scrooge McDuck. It's Are you watching nice. that with Livy or just like for yourself? I mean, I'm watching it for myself because she doesn't sit still when it's going on. Like she doesn't, yeah. she's not of, of the age where that entrances her as it does to me. Um, right. She is in the room with me though. <laughs> okay. Yeah. My sister is a huge DuckTales fan. and uh, I loved yeah. the original and this one's pretty good too. Yeah. I definitely know the um, theme song because I've heard that in my mm -hmm. household growing up. Because but... life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. <laughs> do you want to just do a whole rendition of it right now no thank you um <laughs> i am a poet but i feel like that poetry is better left to professionals that's so mature of you um <laughs> i am 37 years old as i am reminded of every day <laughs> by myself well Thank you. Uh, I definitely do think I'll check out Discovery of Witches. I mean, I read, I watched all five seasons of The Magicians. Um, oh, it's much better than this. Yeah, <laughs> like it's much better than The Magicians. Like, yeah, and like I kind of hate watched The Magicians at some points. Um, and really, the only reason I like kept coming back is because they made multiple Buffy references. Like, if you want me to like stick around, all you got to do is make a Buffy reference. Is all I gotta say. Also, <laughs> uh, I will say that. Um, I, I have to give a tr slight trigger warning here that okay. the book three of a discovery of which is set is 
there's a lot of description uh, that people might find unsettling that the adaptation actually, I don't want to say skirts over, but like makes it much less of a traumatic deal. It ends up being very traumatic in the adaptation, right? Let me be clear, but not nearly enough as traumatic as the book series. Like that series, book three is very traumatic. It's something big happens. It does happen in the adaptation, but it's much less triggering. It's like a softer thing. Like they soften it enough for me. Yeah, I I tend to um, be completely fine with watching something and then reading the adaptation. I don't always feel like I need to read the adaptation first. And I and I don't think it usually it doesn't usually color how I. Yeah, no, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be great. Um, but I just want to for listeners out there. Hey, the book is much more graphic and for me at least personally traumatic than the visual adaptation was i was a little bit worried about the visual adaptation for a little bit because i was like shit is it gonna be as like graphic and traumatic traumatizing as the book for me and it wasn't so just you know heads up cool thank you um all right well that's it for our sports talk uh, we're headed down under on our next episode with uh, the Dual Star Entertainment true crime documentary, Our Lips Are Sealed. In the words of NSYNC, bye bye bye. Growing Up Millennial is an independent entertainment podcast hosted and produced by Helene Carp and Adrian Wilson. Our conversations in every episode fall under Section 107 of the Copyright Act, identifying criticism and comment of copyrighted material as examples of activities qualifying as fair use. Helene Karp manages our social media. Adrian Wilson edits our audio and does all our graphics. You can let us know your thoughts by emailing us at gummypod at gmail.com. That is G-U-M-M-Y-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at gummypod. And we are also a newsletter. Go check us out at gummypod.substack.com.